0: Well, hey. Yep, me again. You came back in greater numbers this week because you were thinking it would be somebody else. How the schedule normally works, right? Well, um, I'm just super excited tonight because there's a different power, as we've been talking about, singing about already tonight. There's a different power when people who know... What worship of God can feel like. Who know what it means to intimately be brought into, invited into the presence of God. In prayer, in worship, in our work, in everything we do. The power when we come together as people who know the truth and who can claim belief and who can share each other's burdens before the Lord and worship. That's when we are fulfilling our calling as the church, the people of God. It sounds like I'm in a cool like space-agey cavern You guys hear that? Is it just me? All right. We're we're dialing it in. See, if it was just me, we couldn't dial it in. We need to be together to become who we are. (laughs) Now they're just playing tricks on me. (laughs) You guys. All right. Welcome to week four of our summer mixtape series, all about worship. If there's anything we've learned, it's that we are... Worshippers, We love to worship. And not just with music, but we love to feel a sense of purpose, of connectedness to God and God's purposes in our work and in what we love to do and in our relationships. It's what our lives are meant to show, that we are worshipers of God. It's what we're made for, to sing and to work and to live journeying together in all we do as different forms of worship to God. It's really our commitment, one of our five commitments that is this umbrella, this encompassing embrace of all of our other commitments because even those as we live them out, our commitment to belong, to grow together, to share the good news of the gospel, to serve the people of God, to serve the community, those are all different ways that we worship and worship together. So one of our five commitments is our commitment as a church to worship. And just as a reminder, here's what that means. We commit to love and honor God only when we play music together. No. We commit to love and honor God with our whole lives. To come over time to see everything we do as intended to be a form of worship. Where it's possible to do what we do as worship to God. And we gather here at Jacob's Well in a room, a big room, as worshipers together. We gather to worship. This is part of our service that we come to anticipating that we'll experience. And we love to sing together. People love to sing songs together. This has just been amazing from last week to this week, worshiping with you guys, really instructing and guiding in some different forms of worship. But it's not just about understanding what worship is can be or what is possible for us in worship. It's about taking that feeling that we experience when we're really aware we're worshiping God together, the experience of God's spirit, the way he can descend like a heavy cloud on us in a shared way. We all feel it. Or the way that the Holy Spirit ministers peace to us, but it flows beyond us and it's a connection made from person to person. We love that sense of connection to God and to each other. And then we carry that feeling everything into everything we do. That feeling of worship and being connected to God's people and to God's spirit into everything we do as a lifestyle of worship. So last week we experienced the power of the personal. What happens when worship gets personal and there's no pretending anymore? There's no hiding anymore? It's just down to you and God, those secret and intimate and vulnerable places. And when we're there, we're up against it. We've hit rock bottom and we're feeling alone and hopeless. In those places, relationship with God is so powerful. It's a lifeline. We feel his comfort personally. We feel his love, his faithfulness. And then we love to respond with praise and worship for it. We sing our pain and our struggle and we are helped. We sing our love to God and we sing our thankfulness for what he's done for us personally. We, we sing our longing and we experience a, a feeling that we don't find elsewhere. We sing our faith, our belief. I sing my belief in God, my hope in the promises of God and, and we find strength there. Here's a quick look back at Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. From someone who knew the power of the personal in all those areas. I waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch. Pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song. I wonder if it's written by Jeremy Camp. I don't know. God taught me on the heels of that to sing with new reasons to worship and praise, to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this, they enter the mystery. Abandoning themselves to God. Do you see that here? This psalm was written as a memory of a personal experience of worship, of God's presence lifting from pain, putting in his love on solid ground, and then this person experiencing a deepening of faith. When we bring that stuff personally to God, it changes us. Leads to singing out this latest God song, the new song God puts in our mouths. It's an expression of love, of worship. And guess what? When you live that way, as a worshiper, more and more people start to see you living your worship, and then guess what? Like the psalm says, they see it. They, too, then, experience a longing for that thing. They want to experience it. They enter the mystery, and they start the journey, too. But unless we're living as personal worshipers of God... For us, no one will see us worshiping God. No one's hearts will be stirred when they see it. The power of the personal is that it is seen, witnessed, and serves as an invitation to other people. It's a declaration of truth, the kind of truth people can't convince you out of or argue against, of love and faith that causes others to want in That leads to them letting go of their own way of living, just like we remember doing, and abandoning their way and themselves to follow Jesus and find their true self. The power of the personal is that it becomes more than just for you. It deepens the experience for all of us. So what happens then when we worship together? That's part of it. That our hearts are stirred, that we want more of it, that we want to be in that place too with God, experiencing God. When we worship together, when we really let ourselves feel God's presence, like we said last week, in spirit or in our guts, in our hearts, in the core places of who we are. When we really let ourselves feel his presence in our lives and then we feel that presence together in the same place, sharing prayer, sharing our stories, singing together, worshiping and serving, not holding back, but authentic, What rises up from our guts doesn't have to be polite. And it doesn't have to be scared. What rises up from our guts is the kid inside of us who still dreams of a life beyond what we've resigned ourselves to. Who longs for hope for those things that have felt hopeless. And we almost don't want to admit it. But when we do that together and when we abandon ourselves to God. Well there's just no concert. There's no... Hang out, there's no rally, there's nothing else that compares to a community, a room full of people who have abandoned themselves to God. There's great meaning and emotion, a beauty and depth that we don't find anywhere else. It's part of what the Apostle Paul was trying to help the Christians in Ephesus. Figure out. Here's what he tells them. Part of his instruction of how to be when they're together. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Even though it's like, how else are we going to be vulnerable enough to sing, right? Courageous enough to sing. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge drafts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Well, some of our hymns used to be drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart. Your core. Your guts to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. I mean, people love to get together, hang out, share life. We do it around many different you know, things we love, things that we share an interest in. But when it's done cheaply, motivated by surface level stuff, we just want to hang out and have fun, then what's in the driver's seat is our whims. Our physical cravings. We really only want life and community to be about like just having fun, numbing out, making it through the easiest way possible, and it wastes time, and it's not the kind of community that really adds value or depth to our lives. That impulse to be together is good. It's what draws those people singing and drinking songs together. You know those tearful Irish ballads on the corner pub? Those people sing songs and they feel them But when it's just about us and surface level stuff, there's a depth that we miss. If instead you let what's in your heart, from your story, from your knowledge of the truth of God and that experience, if you let that come out in praising and worshiping Jesus in everything you do, in everything, just like we see in the Psalms, everything expressed before God, that's when you'll really begin to feel alive and connected and filled up with that presence that we share. When we're together as followers of Jesus, his church in its many forms, a small group of us, uh, a project, a couple of us over coffee, or us here with a big worship band and singers and all of us letting loose, whether it's for music or anything else, if we do these things mindful of God from our hearts, and if we do them in that posture in an ongoing way, then that lifestyle of worship means this. Your song plus my song is math, right? We're going to do some math. Your song plus my song equals mind-blowing worship. Even if it's just two of us, like me bringing my song, my story, the stuff that's on my heart before God, prayer, group, study, singing, doesn't matter, working side by side, we're just sharing life. And then you bring your song, what's been going on for you, how you know these things are true, and how you love God, then it suddenly doesn't just double, it begins to grow exponentially. The power of it grows exponentially. It does so much more, feels so much deeper, inspires us like we can hardly believe gives us a Holy Spirit adrenaline, energy that fills us to overflowing and is so much more connected and meaningful because not only do we know our story and our song, but we hear the stories and songs of other people and then we can celebrate what God's done for them and it reinforces what God's done for us. And all of a sudden, the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world are are muted more and more and more and the song that God has put in our hearts is what rises up and is seen and is heard. Last week, I encouraged you to sing your pain as worship to God. Lament is a beautiful form of worship. Without it, we don't know the love of God. It's a very open to God, real and raw, seeking, needing, aching kind of worship. It connects us to the love of Jesus in the furthest reaches of our hearts that we have kept, we think, beyond his reach. Or that we think maybe his love isn't tough or strong enough or big enough to reach. When we sing our pain together, and not just sing our personal pain, when we together sing our pain, something different happens. When we're in a room and we're desperate together, When we identify with others who feel similar things, whatever is a struggle in life right now, you'll see brothers and sisters who also have been there, who are there now, and it will connect you. And there's a whole new level of identity, of belonging, of peace, that we're not alone and a shared strength that, again, we don't find unless we are the people of God together. Here are some familiar verses from Psalm 51. The the psalmist singing some personal pain. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This desperation, this posture of seeking openly and and raw, this honest repentance is uttered in the same beautiful song as this desire for restoration. For God's presence and for that joy to come back. How many of us have been encouraged by these words? How many people in total have been encouraged by this passage over the years? Billions? More? And if this was just something this psalmist, the King David had kept for himself, he felt this deeply, and it was part of his personal connection to God, like, that would have been beautiful. Great. But because he shared it, because we can also participate in singing this song, it also becomes our song If we had to pretend that we didn't have this experience, that it wasn't possible to need a clean heart and praise God and feel his love in the same breath, then we wouldn't find hope. And yet billions of people have found hope for them in these personal words that were based on somebody else's experience. It's because the truth of God comes through even when I'm worshiping because of what I know. If you hear it, then you resonate with what's true in my song. Now, the psalmist didn't know this personal story. Personal worship would meet us in 2018 in our dark moments and give us strength, words for something we can't express ourselves. But this psalm is infinitely more powerful now because this is a psalm, a song we know in our hearts, and we sing it together. It's a song we know. Here's another scripture from Paul's letter to the Galatians, another part of what happens when we sing our pain together. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 We're meant to meet each other in those dark moments, too. To love each other deeply. Share the burdens of life. Connect in our shared struggle of simply being human and having pain and suffering. We're to meet each other in those dark moments to help each other, because we've been there, too. If we pretended to not have any burdens, our worship would be empty. How would we know the depth of God's love? If we all just had to carry our own burdens and nobody was interested in helping and each person just had to figure it out for themselves, our worship would be frustrating because it wouldn't be shared. It would feel isolated even if we were in a room together. It's when we worship together, seeing our pain together, carry each other's pain and offer help and love and support and empathy when we're willing to say me too i've been there too here's my song of pain or i am there right now and your song is, is touching me deeply and it's helping give me peace and strength here's what happens we know we are accepted This is how we know we belong. At our worst moments, in our pain, we're still loved and welcomed in. We feel comforted, and the result is not just like, hey, I feel better, but I am much more liable now to be able to be comforting because I've received comfort. And we experience Jesus with skin on in 2018 because people representing Jesus, in the name of Jesus, carrying the love of Jesus, minister to us, connect to us, we experience what God with us means in real time. We get a bigger, fuller picture of what worship is. How about when we sing our love together? Well, we get a bigger picture, a fuller picture of what love is looks like. When we sing our love together is the next area to talk about. It's it's what it feels like to sing the love of God together. It's what it feels like to be alive as the people of God. Our emotions stirred in the deepest ways in love relationship with Jesus. Love songs to Jesus also help us become more connected to each other because we share the result. We share the journey with greater joy. Plus, the poetry in love songs to God is like one of the best confirmations we could have that God loves beautiful love songs. They get to the heart of things. They help us articulate the right kind of vulnerability before God. Check out this love poetry to God. It's very simple. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We know this is true. We find it sweet as well. And when we sing this kind of love together... We can feel the emotion that goes along with knowing it's true and that the people of God have always known this is true. Because God's words to us, his truth for us, his messages of love are sweet. And there's no fake sugar that will substitute for that kind of sweetness. It's something to celebrate, to thank God for. We share the knowledge of God's love. And wow! To know we share the experience and knowledge and depth of God's love, the joy of that is simply amazing. Here's a New Testament passage about a type of love song that we sing together. It's in First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God, Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Sing about it. Let your life sing. Declare this praise, this thankfulness that we're not lost anymore. That the personal is now being welcomed in as part of a family, the people of God. And we get to know that we are home. And when we do that, we sing of love together, relief. Mercy, peace, satisfaction, connection, shared strength, the experience of God's presence, we get more of it, more than we can on our own, the more we continue on in declaring the praises of Jesus who called us, us, out of darkness, into his wonderful, marvelous, glorious light to worship with lifestyles of worship. When we sing our love together together, we know who we are and what we're called to. We're all about the love of Jesus. We know that's for us. It's who we are and it's how we live. We feel more loved when we sing love together and worship to God. We feel more loved and we become more loving as a result. How could we not? We also experience delight, and sometimes that scares us because delight seems like this giddy like Don't be scared. I mean, if that's your version of delight, you be you. Delight is inexpressible joy. Joy beyond our word joy. It fills us, consumes us. Delight is overwhelming positivity in the face of whatever it is we're dealing with in life. And these songs, when we experience delight... We do feel joy and happy and it changes our perspective and our attitude. That's important. That's part of why we sing our love. And then when we sing our faith together, this is the third area I want to talk about. When we sing our faith together, songs of faith, our shared remembrance of the faithfulness of God our commitment to continue following Jesus, of our core beliefs that we share that have changed our lives, that mark us as belonging to God and followers of Jesus, these songs feel like strength. They feel like solid foundation. It's like we can feel our courage growing as we and those around us declare what we know what we believe, what reason we have to keep hoping against all odds, to keep seeking even though we felt lost, to keep trying even though we failed again and again, and to not give up. And we find that strength from God and from each other. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us draw near to God. Let's come to worship with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts together, sharing this experience personally and as a family sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies, which are not beyond redemption and not disqualified, they're redeemed, washed, cleansed with pure water. Let us together hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love. And this happens when we sing our faith. We spur one another on Toward love and good deeds, changed lives, not giving up meeting together, not losing our taste for worshiping together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more with a sense of urgency, the more down the tubes we see everything go in the world, the more we should have a sense of urgency that we need to be together. Encouraging each other, cheering for each other, guiding each other. We have a new way of life opened by Jesus. And so the way we worship is to reflect not who we were, but who we are now and who we are becoming together. When we sing our faith together, we know this is where we belong. We hear confirmation of what we know to be true And we can believe it even more powerfully. We know this is where we belong. These are people I share a faith with. I don't share a story with everybody. We don't worship the same way. But we know this is where we belong together. We feel our faith in our guts, in our spirits, and in truth. And we experience a strengthening of our faith. And it might be just a little bit of more strength because we sing our faith together, or it might be just the shot in the arm you need to get back on your feet, to be restored to the joy of your salvation and the faith where you're not alone, the family that means you're not out there lost and wandering forever, but you're home, you're home. In the big picture, we experience amazing, mind blowing things when we worship together the gifts of what it means to be part of the family of God. But beyond even that, when we worship together, and this is just the the final thought I'll share tonight, it's not only about our experience and what it's possible to experience together in worship, it's about the one we worship being seen. When we worship together, Jesus is the center, the focus. Praised, worshipped, and thanked in every way. Deserving of every bit of it. When we worship together, Jesus is here. Jesus worships with us, in us. He's among us by his spirit. That spirit is the presence of God that we feel in our guts. And when we worship together, just like Psalm 40, 1 through 3 says, Jesus is seen. Sure, we're seen worshiping, but it leads people to see Jesus. Jesus is heard. His voice, his words, his truth heard. Jesus is felt. It's how somebody who's lost and numb can begin to feel a warmth in their core and it spreads and they want more. Jesus is turned to, turned back to when we worship together. And Jesus is believed because we worship together. Jesus is believed by people. The way we worship, how it feels to worship together is so important because that is part of this inheritance of being a child of God. Jesus is seen, heard, felt, turned to, believed, and then worshiped and sung about in greater measure and the song continues for the rest of time, increasing exponentially in its power, losing nothing to the darkness, gaining everything in the love of God. So, we've got some next steps I want to tell you about. First, starting with the justice run. This is one of the most tangible ways that the love of God through you can reach people in dark places. People who are lost will be helped by every person, giving every bit of effort, every donation, every participant who signs up for the Justice Run. It's on July 25th, so just coming up this week. If you haven't yet, get the info, go on their website, sign up to run or walk, be a volunteer. Let's help them really make this year the biggest year yet and the most effective in, in, as a form of worship. We do this as worship so that people can see and hear and believe in Jesus. We also have one fest next Weekend. It's also week five of our summer mixtape series. And I know some people are going to be at the the festival, Christian Music Festival, tons of amazing bands. And uh, I encourage you, if you're wondering if you should go and you're still kind of on the fence, please go. Like, you can listen to the message here online and stuff. That's fine. Like, this is a time where we just encourage you to engage with the larger body of Christ throughout this valley. And really see it as a giant worship service to God. Uh, And finally... Splash. This is an act of worship, baptism. And people who come alive in the love of God and then respond in baptism is one of the most beautiful things we witness and celebrate together as the people of God. So please come. Uh, August 4th and 5th, one Saturday evening service at 5, one Sunday morning service at 10. Services in here, baptisms outside, inflatables, food trucks. But we also need to be the people of God and come together to make this happen. To pull this off, to do it well, to be the welcoming, joyous, worshiping place that we really are. So please sign up. Consider signing up. You participating is you being part of a worship service like none other where we celebrate life change and people committing to this journey of following Jesus in baptism. Let me pray, and then we're gonna worship two more songs and uh, let ourselves experience the fullness of worship as the people of God together. God, thank you. Thank you for the power of worship. It is personal. But when we bring our personal knowledge and and line it up with others' personal knowledge and we see each other and we love each other, then worship becomes even better, even bigger. I pray that as we sing these songs of identity, of you as king, that we would let ourselves feel it together. In Jesus' name, amen.